You're listening to Real Talk for Real Men, episode number 49. Welcome to the Real Talk for Real Men podcast. Lifestyle advice for men so powerful, you'll want to run your life on it. And now your hosts, Guy Mullen and Chris Field. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Real Talk for Real Men. I'm Guy Mullen. And I'm Chris Field. Great to be with you. It's good to be back, Chris. Yeah. And this time, it's, I'm looking forward to hearing what your uh, what your thoughts have been percolating on over the Christmas break and the time we haven't been on air. And you can sort of show me what you've got. Um, yeah. So one of, one of the areas that I coach, one of the key areas that I focus on in my coaching is navigating life transitions. Which is happening to us all the time, I guess. Yeah, so navigating pretty... navigating the, the changes that are going on in our life. Mm-hmm. And and it's uh, a pretty common topic for clients who come to me wanting to either make a change or else they're going through a change and they need some need some assistance, need someone to, to help them to be able to work, work through it. And I want to do a little bit of a series where we go through 13 principles that will help you when you're going through a life transition. Now, it's not like, okay, you need to follow this. This is a formula and you will mm-hmm. go swimmingly through your transition. You call them principles. Yeah. They're principles. You mm-hmm. can call them rules, but the principles that uh, you at least need to think about and work through in your own situation as to, okay, yes, if I apply this, this will help me. And use them to think about, especially if you've got a, a transition coming up to help you to prepare yourself to be able to get through it uh, in a stronger and healthier way. Now, talking about transitions, are you talking like about the big, the big moments in life? Are you talking about even the little changes that can happen along the way? Well... Even little changes can be stressful and even positive changes can be stressful Mm -hmm. for us. So even if you are being promoted into a new job or going to a job which is going to give you more money and and give you more recognition, change can be stressful uh, no matter whether it's positive or negative. And what is a small change to one person is not necessarily a small change to another person. Right, yeah. And it's one of the things that we go through. As we go through change actually in life, we become better able to handle more change. We become more equipped, like that sheep that's out there. I'm going to say, <laughs> this sheep in your paddock out here that's making itself known, maybe our listeners can hear it, um, it's been through a season of change because you've been so dry here. That thing's skinnier than I've ever seen it before in my minutes long. Yeah, we've got some rain coming, so hopefully it'll be all right. But yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so the answer is, well, everybody is on a different journey. Yeah. And so this is all fairly generic. I don't want to pinpoint it down and say, okay, well, if you're going through a relationship change or you're going through a job change, these are principles that you can apply to your situation where something significant to you in your life is changing or about to change. And you're, you're aiming to talk into the head of the person so that they can work their way through it more effectively? Is that, that what, 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 where's the problem? When change happens, where's the stress of point? Probably inside our head. There's two, there's two aspects to, to change, really. There's internal change and there's external change. And one can drive the other. Uh, so, so, for example, an example where an internal change can drive an in- external change, say when someone's about, about my age in their 40s and they become dissatisfied with their job and the marriage is maybe a bit stale and, and the kids are starting to leave and they think, well, is this all there is? I mean, I've got money, I can buy what I want. Is this all there is? And it starts to be an internal change that then maybe starts to drive an external one, like changing the job, uh, going out and buying, spending I, a lot of money on a sports car. I was going to say, I haven't noticed a motorbike out here yet. 
Um, so, you know, so that's an internal change driving mm-hmm. an external one. But sometimes there can be an external one, which then drives an internal one. Like a loss of a job or something yeah, that you can't and, control. And and that's that's the key one, I guess, that helped me to, to understand a lot of these principles mm-hmm. for me when, you know, I'd been in the, in the power industry for, for, for 20 years and the last five of those running a business that I started with uh, some some colleagues and we were pretty successful, but then all of a sudden it was ended. And and so for me, it was an external change that then then brought about quite a long period for me of, of internal change, of working through, okay, well, who am I and what is the rest of my life going, going, to, going to bring? So that's a kind of a, an internal processing. Yeah. Questions you weren't forced to ask before, you're forced to ask and answer now. Yeah, so there's, there's something significant in your life that's changed and it brings about... Uh, it brings about uh, internal change that then that then flows from it. And you've reflected on thirteen different principles. Yes. Yeah, so, so, so some of these come out of um, the largely that mm-hmm. experience, but others are from a coaching theory, if you like. Okay. So you'll find you'll find some of them in, in some of the coaching textbooks and so forth that um, you'll go through. So. But the first one I want to reflect on. So we're going to go through three today. So okay. of the thirteen, we're going to go through three. So if you don't storm me too long, we'll get through them. <laughs> so, so, so the first one I want to actually want to go take us right back to our second podcast where we did our second podcast and we interviewed your dad. Oh yes. Mm. So your your dad Clive Clive Field, and so his story was one where he was he didn't have the best childhood. Mm-hmm. He didn't have a particularly involved dad, and and he had a situation where um, he was partly responsible, if you like, for the untimely death of your older brother. My oldest brother, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. From then on, that, uh, from my read of it, brought about a bit of a change. And there were some people that got alongside Clive and started talking to him and caring about him. And eventually, Clive started making some decisions Mm -hmm. about changing his life. And from those decisions that Clive made, it changed the whole course of the Field family. Oh, not just him. Yeah, my, my generation and my, my children and my nephews. So and he's nieces. got twenty-something grandchildren, well, great grandchildren. Yes, more than that. I've got over twenty grandchildren. You've got over twenty. So he, okay. He's got those and, and those others as well. Plus more. Yeah, don't ask me the numbers, but he's got a bunch of them. Yeah. And so, if he was here, and if you go back and listen to podcast number two, you'll hear that story that. Some of the decisions that Clive made in change, in time of change in his life, have not affected not just him, but generations, yeah. generations to come. Yeah. And will continue to influence those generations yeah, to absolutely. come. Absolutely. And so yeah. that's the key principle is that when we're going through change, it's not just about us. Okay. It's not just about us. We can feel like it is because we, we feel like it's, it, it's our world that's been turned up on its ear. That's right. And so when we're thinking about well, is this all it is for my life? I'm making money, but I'm bored. Uh, I'm not satisfied. I've, you know, my marriage is okay, but it's not great. You know, the girl in the office is starting to look a bit better. Um, I'm driving a dunger of a car. I need to, I need to get a convertible. And, you know, I want to mm-hmm. recapture some of who I was, who I used to be. Mm-hmm. The decisions that we make in those times aren't just about us. Yeah, it just brings to mind a comment that I heard a, a man, um, I won't use his name, but he's probably reasonably well-known internationally and he's a father of a large family. 
and he was talking uh, about marriage in a particular setting that I was chatting with him in, and uh, we were discussing some some issues, and he actually made this comment, and I thought, it stuck with me. I thought it was a beaut comment. He said that that the whole of you, of the family, it, it, for any guy, any gal, the whole of their family is watching where they're at, and he said if they choose to end badly, it has a ripple effect mm. on all of those people. Mm. And no matter how tough it is, if they work through that and end well, the marriage is still intact, the relationships with the kids are still good, whatever, that has a different ripple effect, exactly what you're talking about. It's not just us. There's a whole gen- series of generations involved. That's right. And we could look back on, you know, I could look back to, you know, three or four generations when my great-great-great-grandparents decided to jump on a boat and head to New Zealand to immigrate, you know. Well, they could have come to Australia, but they're, I don't they know. Could, they, just, they, they could just... have. Uh, another example is when my, my wife's mother, she got um, she got made redundant from her job because she chose not to, she couldn't teach the science curriculum the way that was consistent with her faith. Right. Okay. And that was that was back in the, about 1970, mm-hmm. right? She And so she had to leave her job and then she became a missionary, went over to Canada, met... Uh, Met my father-in-law. They got married, and then they had my your my, wife, my, was my future ca- wife, yeah. and then they moved back to back to New Zealand. And so, there's decisions that we don't see as being all that big a de- big of a deal, and they mm-hmm. think it's just about us. They are so profound. And so when I when I lost my job in 2012, a company that I, I built up and we'd been pretty successful, and it was a big piece of who I was because it was. I'd be I'd trained all through university to be involved in be involved in energy and to apply mathematics to solve business problems and in, in energy. And it was it was everything I knew. So when I left that, it was a big piece of my life, a big piece of who I am, which I didn't I didn't understand. I I I, I didn't have anymore. And so I could have easily made decisions at that point right I'm just, we're just going to head back to New Zealand we're going to go no. back there we've got family back there my mm-hmm. my mum wasn't very well at the time um, my wife's mum wasn't that well either we had uh, our dads were back there or our cousins are back there our kids cousins are back there mm-hmm. it would have been very easy for us just to head back but that decision the profound effects it would make for yeah. for our kids mm-hmm. it would affect where they study it would affect what jobs mm-hmm. they have it would affect who they have who they get married to yeah. and so we, we need to strike a balance between not allowing the implications of what we decide to paralyze us, but also not be flippant about it and think it's just about us. Mm. So when you mention this generational effect, how do you want each of us as we go through change to keep that in mind? Well, how, what's the, is there a mechanism or, or a process? We should, should, should we just stop and tap ourselves on the shoulder every now and then and say, don't forget this has generational impact? Well, I think that um, it's probably going to touch on some of those as we come through some of the later topics because we're going to talk about talk about resources okay. a bit later on. I guess I mentioned a couple here. One of the first things is that we shouldn't just try and work walk through walk through it alone, right? Right, because we can just get so weighed down by our thoughts. And you know, I'm biased here, but um, you should get a coach because yeah, right. a coach is somebody who is impartial. Yeah. It's not going to be inf- affected by the emotion of the situation. It's not mm-hmm. um, doesn't have a vested interest, perhaps like what a friend does, and can really help you to be able to sort through your thoughts and be able to work out the implications about the different options that you're considering. Because uh, it's very easy for us to, to either make a rash decision and just right, I'm going to go off and do that, or to overanalyze things and not make a decision at all. Mm-hmm. 
So that's one of the things. And of course, as people of faith, we would say, well, we need to we need to talk to God. We need to get into, mm-hmm. get into the word. Um, we need to spend time in prayer and, and time of solitude and reflection and, and see what God has to say about the situation. Another suggestion that comes to my mind, picking up your point about generations, and I've heard of people doing it, but I think it's often a neglected option, is that if it's because it's going, what we're doing is going to affect our children and other people, sometimes uh, it can be really powerful to actually bring them into the conversation. Yes. Um, so that when you make the decision, I mean, they may resent if it. If it's or, appropriate or, or, or whatever. Yeah. So on, um, yes, certainly. I, I, one Carlos Ortiz was a preacher from back in the 70s, and I had the opportunity to meet him in New Zealand. He was a guest in my home, and we we're having a chat about his situation. He was uh, Spanish-speaking and very, very big uh, in, in South America, where he was based, but increasingly being called to speak in Europe and America and other places. And every time he would get back to America, there was this long flight down to South America, Argentina, wherever he was, that he had to get back down to. And uh, he just realized it was just eating him up. He's getting more invitations, but he was losing a day, like this extra two days every time he went away somewhere. And so he called the family together and said, I think I need to be back closer to a much better uh, transport hub than here. It could be London. Uh, It could be anywhere, you know, New York. Um, Because it's going to affect all of you, where do you want to go? Yeah. Uh, it's interesting. I, I thought, wow, imagine getting, letting the kids decide where you were going to make an international move to. But they fairly unanimously picked Los Angeles and the, the family relocated there. And the family saw a whole lot more of him because he just saved all of that, that time. But the and, idea of bringing them into the conversation. And that's really the thing that killed us moving back because there was only really one of our kids who, who was even remotely keen to move back. So, oh, okay, good. So, you know, so that... It so was a family consultation. The, bringing them into the conversation certainly was a big influence on it. So, can we move on from number one? You have my permission. Move on now. Okay. <laughs> so, we're getting a bit blown around here. So, I hope that's not disturbing you on the, on, on the other end. But number two is that balance brings resilience. Balance brings resilience. So, keeping things in balance gives you a sort of stamina a certain energy to keep going. So let's start with let's start with uh, with a guy. I'm going to change his name. Mm-hmm. Um, his name's his name's John, and uh, John had was one of these career guys who had given up most of the the things that he used to do in order to be successful at his job. Yeah. Right. He worked uh, worked long hours. He was uh, he did, did well in his job. He was sought after for new projects, and and he would gladly stay and work extra nights and then and weekends and just to get a project finished and to impress and to keep moving up the status tree and the promotion tree if you like at his job so there wasn't a lot of other things going on in his life he was married and he, he had he had kids but um, it wasn't that long before his wife decided well you're not here anyway you're never home so what's the point of me being here too mm-hmm. and uh, and moved out and was separated from him his kids kids were at school he never saw them because they were doing activities and then they were in bed by the time he got home and he wasn't around to, to do stuff with them in the weekends and so uh, he's long since given up any hobbies except for if it was work related so you know networking playing occasional game of golf and networking and so forth so there wasn't a lot else going on in his life he wasn't going to church he wasn't involved in any community activities there was nothing really going on by in, in his work and then it all ended some consultants came in he was getting paid too much they could bring in somebody else to oh, do, no. do the same job 
uh, maybe not quite as well to start with, but after six months and, and you know, and you know how the story goes. He was no longer needed and he mm-hmm. was rolled out. And this was this was just completely shattering to him. Completely shattering to him. And, and he, he really had no other life. He had no other life. Mm-hmm. And so that change was devastating for him because there was no balance and so he had very little resilience at okay. moving through change. So I'm, I'm not trying to certainly not going to blow my trumpet here, but I went through a situation where the business that I started almost fell apart after, within the first year. We got it, this was in, in 2008, and we got into some trades we shouldn't have. We were over our, over our heads with some, some options we were trading, and, uh, and we only had enough money to basically last the rest of the year, even if things went well and we were able to recover our positions. And we were, were starting to trade our, our money, which was supposed to be paying for our salaries mm-hmm. in order to get ourselves out. And so this was a, it was, it was looking like things were going to end. It was looking like uh, at that stage, I just bought the, this house that we live in. I was up to my neck in, in debt. Uh, we had a new baby about to arrive in about three months from then mm-hmm. from him, from him on. So everything was looking pretty volatile and I was pretty sure there was no way out. And I remember coming home in tears and being pretty upset that, um, and telling Amory, look, we're going to need to sell up and, and head back to New Zealand. And, you know, that's, that's, we'll start again when we get back there. My situation there, I was able to sleep at night. Even though I was upset, I was able to sleep at night because I knew that my world was not going to end right. when I lost my job. You'd lose your job, but you still have your marriage, still have your kids, still have all those other things. I still had my marriage. My wife was incredibly supportive. Um, I still had my, I still had my kids. We're about to have a, a new baby. Mm-hmm. I knew we sold our house. Or maybe we'd, maybe not make any money. Maybe we'd lose some money, but we'd be much better off still. We could go back to New Zealand. We could start again. Yeah. And I had other things going on in my life too. I was, I was still playing sport. I was going to church. Um, involved with uh, with other things, and so there was the balance, which brought an element of resilience. Yeah, okay. Even if things, a big part of my life was going to fall apart, it didn't. The Lord stepped in, and and we um, we got out of it. But there was a balance there, which brought a resilience to be able to handle an impending major change. So, really, if if I hear what you're saying here, to anyone who's listening, who is a bit gung-ho about their current world in whatever shape it is and all the things that it means to them to be just to, to do a sort of a, a stock take on that and audit that and see is it really balanced or is it really just all one long uh, focal point that, that if anything happened to that they would find themselves without any stability that's right and typically with men it usually is their work, work yeah. right sometimes it can be church particularly if there's someone listening and, and you're in ministry and you're heavily involved in your church and you're always involved in church things, there's always going to be more people who need help. Mm-hmm. There's always going to be more visits to do. There's always going to be something else that needs to be done. And these things can be all-consuming if we allow them to mm. encroach. On or someone the, that's really a champion in their sporting field or something. It just can be their entire life, you know. And we do see that when people retire from sports. Uh, Dan Ackerman, who, who we actually have got... Um, something about in, in one of our uh, blogs on Real Men Twenty Four Seven was a, was a Wallaby who was one of the best best ever. He was actually ex South African, and he was actually involved in mental health. But he couldn't handle 
the transition from being a sports star to then not being a sports star anymore and with devastating consequences. So I would encourage you just to stop and take a look at where your life is. Are you too absorbed in one area of your life, whatever it is, too absorbed in one area of your life? Did you used to have balance? Did you used to do some fun things and go away on holidays that you're not doing anymore? Did you used to play some sport or get together with with friends for golf or bowling or whatever you did? Where Take an honest stock take of your life and see if it really is enough balance. Because if you lose that key thing that's in your life, nobody's nobody's invaluable. Mm-hmm. Everybody, you know, when I got the job at um, trading firm, there was there was an aspect of of that where there was nobody else in the country that essentially could do so my job. So you would have you would have so thought you feel like, like wow I am it. So yeah. you feel like okay well wow I I'm it yeah. you know there's nobody else that can do the do this job but but then it's gone yeah and it doesn't matter anymore you're not you're not going to last forever and we see that in sports teams somebody mm-hmm. who's the star and somebody who you know kicks all the goals or scores all the runs and then they're out of the team and the yeah. team carries on somebody yeah. comes in behind them yeah. nobody is indispensable yeah. And so what you have placed all your time and your energy in can end. And I and, guess... And you, what are you going to have left when it does? Can I point out then too that some of those balancing things like marriage and like relationship with your kids or like your relationship with God or whatever require a certain level of nurture. Mm. And, and some people might have a bit of a shoddy marriage situation or very little respect or relationship with their kids and before it's too late, go back and actually start watering that plant, start start um, cultivating that that aspect of your life, because that helps them maintain the balance. Yeah, and that was the situation with with John. Now, clearly, there was no investment in his kids. There was no investment in his marriage, and so when he needed those things, it was like, well, sorry, there's yeah. there's nothing in the bank account. You know. Yeah. You go back to the wife and say, please be sympathetic. Sorry, I'm, I've given up being sympathetic on you. You know, you've, the, the things that could have helped uh, just turn out to be empty. Yeah. Mm. So balance. Yeah. So keep in mind the generational ripples and the generational effect of mm-hmm. what you're doing and your situation you're in. And as much as possible, maintain in your life the kind of balanced lifestyle. So Because that will give you, what was the word you used? Resilience. Resilience yeah. to be able to handle change Mm -hmm. it might be a health change yeah you know we don't know when these things are just around the corner well how many people ended up with a car accident or something and suddenly they've lost their job or their 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 movement or their mobility they can't go and do their sport anymore those sort of changes can come on people very very fast and they can find themselves high and dry um, especially if that was the thing that they were really putting a whole lot of their life in and that really leads really well into the third one Mm -hmm. and that is to have have some anchors that hold fast through transition. An anchor? What are you thinking of as an anchor during a transition? Something that isn't going to move. Okay. Something that is not changing. And so it's kind of tied into number two, because if you've got more things going on, you've got more balance in your life, then if something changes, then you've got other things which aren't changing. Okay. So in your case, your career changed, but your marriage didn't, your relationship with your children didn't. So they were, in a sense, they became an anchor. Yes. Okay. And so there were two main anchors for me when when I went through major job life transitions, and so one of them was my wife, who who was who was an anchor. So those times when I was struggling and weak, she was strong, and uh, and and able to 
provide me with perspective, able to to help me to provide comfort and encouragement, uh, help me to be able to you know, see things from a, a different point of view. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's also it was also my faith as well, mm-hmm. and that was one of the things which enabled me to be I guess to be able to sleep well at night when we were when we were having bad we were having bad periods because I knew that no matter what changed in my life, there was somebody in my life, God of heaven, um, that was not changing. He was, he was always the same. What that means is that he's someone who keeps his promises and able to deliver on his promises. He's someone who has helped you and delivered you and kept you through periods before. He's still able and willing to be able to do that. Now. So there was a comfort that you found in confidence that God had everything under control, somehow or other. Yeah. Even though you couldn't see it. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And so when you've got these these anchors, these things that aren't changing, then they help to provide you with with a, with an alternative to just throwing the baby out with the bathwater mm. and giving up. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's, there's somebody that I, I won't say coached recently, but was uh, in conversation with recently. Let's just call him Dave. Again, not his real name. And so Dave was... N- a- n- none of your friends have real names anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we, we never know who's listening. So so Dave was a, Dave was a tradie, or still was a tradie. Okay. He was started his own business when he was 25, ran it through when he was 35 years old, okay. and um, was doing pretty well at it. But uh, then he got into an affair uh, with someone other than his wife. Mm-hmm. and that um, destroyed his marriage. Then his affair broke down, so he lost that. Uh, he no longer saw his kids. It all affected his job as well. So, mm-hmm. you know, when you're a trader and you're running your own business, you you are it. You know, yeah. you've got to do you got to do everything, right? And so these things, other things going on in his life completely ruined his ability to be able to do his job, and he, he got seriously in debt he got in debt to the tax office he got in debt on the family support payments he got in debt to family who were trying to help him out he was in a complete mess when i quizzed him and asked him about what was stable in his life he just couldn't come up with anything. nothing was stable there was nothing his mm. marriage was gone his kids were gone um his job he was working at a at a job which wasn't enough to basically provide his basic living allowances mm. let alone pay off his debts mm. you know and the government's not going to give up on those he spent his evenings chasing get-rich-quick schemes to try and get away out. He had no friends. And obviously, he was estranged from his from his family, who he owed money to. And so there was nothing stable, mm. nothing anchored in his life. And so when somebody gets to that point, then it's very it's a very short step for thoughts to come in. Well, why don't I just go and step in front of a train? Mm. What have I got to live for? Mm. So... You know, you might not be anywhere near that step, but when you've got no anchors in your life, you're losing the things to live for. Uh, it's it's one of those pieces in the puzzle that can lead you down to down that path. And in a sense, as you hinted at earlier, this idea of balance is where you would be able to build your anchors. Um, if you, that those two sort of weave together, that if you can keep strong relationships and strong friendships and and if you're not person's not married in that situation or their parents aren't around 
even just a, a really good friend who who you can who you can speak to who'll speak honestly with you over a cup of coffee and um, you know something where where you've got uh, well you use the word anchor yeah a reference point that isn't going to shift with the wind yeah so I was really fortunate that I had those those two in particular my wife mm-hmm. and and my and my faith so it's a little bit different to balance because there are other things going on in my life which provided balance but they weren't anchors yeah so I could be playing sport or involved yeah. in church or whatever I wouldn't have called those anchors, anchors right. they weren't strong enough really to be anchors but my wife was. And my faith was to provide me with an anchor. Yeah. Well, that's great. So we're talking then about the be aware of the generational impact of our lives. Even if you don't think so, who cares? Who's paying any attention? So what? But as you say, even moving from one place to another is going to have an impact on on, uh, the children in the future. And then look for that life balance so that you're not just making your life really focused around one thing, which if it topples off or falls over, mm. uh, everything just goes to pieces. Yeah. And then also have things that are not just a, a transient thing, but a real anchor. So you talk about an anchor as being something that can really hold you. Yeah. To through When you're going through a difficult time, something which is going to be a support, something's going to hold you steady. So that means, of course, that you need to invest in those things ahead of time. Yeah, yeah. And that's, you know, you don't you don't dig a well when you're thirsty. You've got to dig it earlier. So, mm-hmm. you know, so it's tough if you're going through a transition now and you don't have the anchors there, of course. But if you've got, you've got transition coming, you're thinking about changing your jobs or, you know, you know that, that or you suspect that you could be losing your job sometime in the future. I mean, everything ends sometime, right? Even when my, my grandfather was forced into retirement from his job you know he didn't want to leave it had to happen at some point because you know you you can't be doing your job when you're 104 Mm -hmm. um so invest in those things identify what your anchors are what are those two or three things which is so important to you that are going to hold you steady and invest in them and strengthen them so that when you are struggling to stay upright they keep you in place and there's a verse that's really springs to mind on uh, on this for me, and it uh, comes from from Psalm 62, verse 7, and I'm reading from the NASB. On God my salvation and my glory rest, the rock of my strength, my refuge is in God. Mm. And so for me, as a man of faith, uh, that was uh, one of the two key ones for me, is having a God who is a refuge and my strength when going through massive life change. Mm. And there's Bible verses that talk about the name of the Lord is a strong tower. These things, yeah. they're, they're actually words that talk about protection, aren't they? They're words that talk about a security, which is what you feel you need in the middle of a, an upheaval situation. Rising in the cleft of the rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's probably quite a lot in the Bible that covers all that sort of area. And, but I, I like your point that for a number of our listeners, maybe they're not people of faith or have cared too much about religious-type issues, but... To future-proof your life, you really do need to know that you've got a strong relationship with God because you couldn't get a more powerful anchor in your life than that. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad for Anne Marie and your, you know, your relationship yep. with your wife. Obviously, it's fantastic and that's great. But some guys are not going to have that option necessarily to be able to yeah. trust that. But with God, you've got someone who who's available to all of us in in the sense of a really powerful anchor. So that's the first three, and so an upcoming podcast will go through the other ten. But that's enough for today. Well, thank you. I, I thought, find that stimulating, and I hope our, our listeners have been encouraged by that. And look, if you are in the middle of a situation where you can see now all the things that you should have done and didn't, 
don't despair. Life's mm. going to go on. You're going to have other changes. Begin now to prepare mm. yourself and think about these things, generations and balance and anchors, so that the next time you've got to go through change, big or small, you've got the benefit of those things in your life. Mm. So thank you very much, Kai. Well, as always, you uh, you seem to have a great place to, to end things off, Chris. So. Oh, there we go. All right. So don't forget to share this with your friends, subscribe, tell others, others about it. If you know somebody who's got some life change coming up or is going through a life change, uh, put them onto the, to the series that we're doing. It, it may well just be what they need. So uh, realmen247.org and you'll find us on Facebook and occasionally on Twitter, although I'm not on there very often at all. So, but uh, I'm too old for that sort of stuff. But anyway, till next time, it's been a pleasure, Chris, once more, and not too hot today. No, and thanks everybody for listening. We'll catch up with you next time. Okay, bye bye. Thanks for listening to the Real Talk for Real Men podcast at www.realmen247.org.